0: What is going on, all of our PGA DFS fans? Thanks for joining us on the Fantasy Golf Bag Podcast. This is the Players' Championship, and while it may not be a major championship or qualified as one, certainly around the industry it is. You can tell just from the coverage on TV. You can turn on your TV right now and get players' coverage. That doesn't happen every week, nor does Millionaire Makers over on DraftKings 2 this week. And Drew and I, we're going to help you try and win that here this week and great time to bring you on, Drew. We had another fantastic elevated event last week. I've been keeping up with your Twitter and it does seem, uh, that you're going to be sad to see these, uh, change next year, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's the right path for the PGA tour. Um, they're trying to spin it that all the other events are still going to go on as the norm, but, uh. Just, a, I mean, it's it's literally like two different tours at this point. You're going to have the elevated tour, and then you're going to have the PGA Everybody. tour below that. So, yeah. um, I don't I don't love it. We'll see how it does for my viewership. I'd be curious to see if there's a few events that kind of go in the same week, like the I'll just use the Honda as an example that went off during like the API finish was pretty good. Let's just say the Genesis versus the Honda, and maybe people turn into tune into the Honda more than the uh, the Genesis. So we'll see we'll see if any of that comes true. And they're also mixing the match play, which really, which really stinks. Match play is a pretty fun event.
0: Yeah, I mean you, it's the limited field thing anyway. So
1: exactly, and there's no cut. You're you're literally you're literally it's thirty percent cut. I mean like,
0: I think it, it, you know what I think they've messed up with the match play. Listen, the group sixty four guys, right? Mm-hmm. They were the NCAA. They should have left it. Who cares if guys show up for one day? You exactly. gotta get paid. You gotta get paid. That's the bottom line. Move it back to one day. Justin Thomas just announced he's not even going to match play this year. It's because it's too much golf for these guys. Is, if they yeah. end up having to win, they gotta play so much. And then there's the masters right around the corner after that. So yeah. Um speaking why would of- you
1: need to when you got a no cut coming up somewhere and you're gonna be guaranteed a hundred thousand, probably.
0: Right exactly so that will start off with with the main question and it it kind of goes to this a lot of golf so to speak in this short amount of time how worried are you about jordan spee's back injury uh saw a little waves on it today don't know if you've read into it at all back injuries are obviously nerve-wracking but you know he doesn't seem overly worried but uh definitely seemed to bother him on the golf course on sunday
1: yeah, I didn't. I didn't read much into it. Um, I did see like his tee shot on sixteen. I think he kind of picked up the tee gingerly and limped off a little bit. Um, I didn't make much of it. You could probably fill me in on what your interpretation was, but I mean, some of these guys maybe make a bad swing or ha- you know something happens on the back nine and the rough stick. So I mean, he had a few <laughs> a few eventful holes on Sunday. Um, it could it could tweak you a little bit, and then uh, you're just trying to get home. So. I, I, I mean, was, I'm not too concerned, but you can fill me in on what I missed. Yeah,
0: I will, I will say uh, I thought it was funny, Dan Hicks, uh, when they had the, the picture of the VelociCoaster over at Universal, and he was like, this is like Jordan Spieth's round. I actually thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I, I'll take your place for this. I'll give it a 5 out of 10. Worry, I'm not overly concerned yet, but back injuries are not a 1 out of 10. It's golf. They have to be a 5 out of 10 no matter what because if it's a – Herniated or bulging disc that can pop up at any time. You know, I'm, I'm speaking obviously from uh, experience yeah. here, unfortunately, but again, just something worth monitoring uh, going forward. Okay, now let's turn our attention to the players. Uh, if you're okay with that, if not, you can interrupt me. But I would say this is probably the crown jewel of Peter Dyer. Or at least he thinks so. Got other go, oh, couple of great go- golf courses. Uh, what is your favorite, Peter Dyer? Is it this one or somewhere else? That's the first I've heard him called by Peter.
1: But we'll go with that. Oh, yeah, maybe I should say Pete. I don't know why. I, I, I got
0: all, literally have three. If
1: five. you're really on a first date basis with him, maybe Peter's the the, the way to go. Um, <laughs> that's the first time I think I've ever heard that in my entire life. Um, but, but I'm sure that's his name, so I'm not gonna put too much fun at that. Um, I honestly don't know all of his courses on top of my head. Um, I mean, this one this one's pretty good. But what's funny is like the history of this golf course being like literally bought for a dollar. And yeah. it was all swampland, kind of like Disney World. So I know yep. you, you have some familiarity with um, well kind Disney's process in Orlando area. But, like, it's literally it was swampland. They, they bought it for nothing. They started to build it up. Like, the, the island green number 17 was an accident. Like, it wasn't even intentional. It just like, hey, we ran out of dirt. What should we do now? Like, we don't have <laughs> enough dirt to fill in a hole. They're like, just make it water. And he's <laughs> like, yeah. His wife, like, his actual wife came up with this idea. Like, at yeah. dinner, and they put it on a napkin. Like, I remember the story and like uh it's just it's kind of funny like the actual idea of the golf course is great so like it's called stadium for an actual reason so like all the fairways up the edges of the fairways are raised up so that people can view holes like a stadium
0: so it's it's actually like a really
1: cool concept and the course is is very very difficult so I, i would say it's fun but i'd be lying i think it's just very difficult um but it's a great it's a great track um there's a lot of holes that are really tough that don't get enough praise like the finishing hole obvious finishing holes obviously get a lot but like number eight's got to be like the toughest par three on the pga tour oh yeah um, like oh, when they yeah. when they have it back it's like 240 245 yeah. and it's a shoot like you don't even realize like the tee box is you threw like a canopy of trees um and there's a couple other tee shots that are like that and it's 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 a very inter- it's a unique golf course because it's not it's it's free it's not long, but you actually have to play it back quite a bit on a lot of holes. So it makes it long for a second shot golf course. So it's very, it's a very interesting course. And maybe, maybe that's why just like the, there is some quirkiness is probably why you see a lot of guys that like miss the cut and then they win the next year or they win and then they miss the cut three straight years. Um, even whether, you know, aside from last year, it's just a very volatile golf course. Um, it's fun. It's a good golf course. It's very tough. Uh, I've played a few times. I've had the, the pleasure of playing it a couple times. And it, the easiest hole, in my opinion, was 17. I'll give you a hot take. 17 was like an easy break <laughs> compared <laughs> to the rest of the golf course. Yeah, let me ask you, though. <laughs> would it be different with like 40K
0: fans? Yes, it would be.
1: And, and on Sunday or any yeah. other day, and, you know, you're trying not to make a triple. Yes, it would be different. But, like, if you're just standing there on, like, I think I played it on a Friday morning or a Saturday morning. It's, it's a huge green for a pitching wedge. It's a yeah. huge green for a pitching wedge. Now, it's, it wasn't baked out like they get it and stuff like that. And obviously, win makes it tough. Um, but when you play 15, 16, you know 18's coming. 17's like a cakewalk. It's literally like, oh, finally I have a wedge. And it's a pretty big green for a wedge. So uh, 18's a is a beast. It's just they're very good. Very good holes. It's it's a tough golf course.
0: Yeah, I was just about to ask you, do you, do you off the top of your head, you know, it's putting you on the spot. Is yeah. there a better finishing stretch of three holes on the PGA Tour than than the stadium course?
1: I don't think so. Not for like, not for the ups and downs that you can occur. Right? right.
0: Yeah, it's just Cause like 16, you can make a
1: double, out. you can make an eagle. Yeah. 17, you can make a, a birdie or you can make a, a triple or yep. higher i mean we saw Sean o'hare making 11 or something the one year he had a chance to win yep. in like 2007 or whatever that was a long time ago and then 18 is, is just like literally the worst finishing hole ever <laughs> so hard. like whoever yeah. like we know who designed it. i shouldn't say whoever designed it it's just a oh water down the left no no rough on the left it's just straight water and then on the right you have this thick rough and then it starts dog lagging into trees so it's like it's a brute and i, I cannot I imagine if you have a lead going to that hole like you could lay back and you got like 220
0: in <laughs> that's it's like that's your a, bailout that's a trash on the live here drew but imagine um, imagine not having to play 18 as your finishing hole coming down a stretch to win a golf tournament like oh yeah it's, it's not the same it's just it not changes the, the whole tournament for sure it does all right uh don't need to go off on attention of to that this golf course we we've talked about it a lot and it is fantastic one of the other things that it's great on is that it has a very, very good distribution of approach shots. Not one area is really heavily favored over the other. Um, Maybe a couple of more wedges than normal, but they're not easy wedges. So what I did, and I think you're going to agree with me here, is I looked at greens and uh, weighted greens and regulation uh, or or greens and regulation gained uh, from the FGB mixed model. Uh, And the reason why I did that is because one of the things about this course is the trickiness of missing the green. So we want to look at guys that are hitting tons of greens. Uh, some names in the five tournament sample. Uh, Chris Kirk obviously played great through this Florida swing. Maybe a little bit of a bad weekend last weekend. Scotty Scheffler putting it together. Joseph Bramlett, a name that's uh, low priced, hitting a lot of greens. Kevin Yu, John Rahm, Hayden Buckley, Xander Shoffley. So ask, what do you make of that? Ask winner, ask winner oh, go ahead. Sorry. That's yeah. what Ricky Powell. He's starting to, to show some signs with his irons a little bit, too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Alex Smalley shot like eight over last week. What, what do you make of something
1: like yeah. this? Sometimes it's just a course. I think that was the first time he's played it, right? So, I mean, it's not an easy golf course in general. I, I don't put too much weight into it. We saw, you saw, know, I'll use an example, a very immediate example. would be Will Gordon on Saturday to Sunday. He shoots 81. And then, so, I I don't put a lot of weight into that. Obviously, statistically, it's going to weigh in down. Um, but I'm not too concerned. Like, oh, well, you know, you just missed the cup because you shot 80. I'm not gonna go, go to that guy. It's, it's a completely different week.
0: Right. Uh, I'm having just a, a little bit of uh, trouble with uh, your audio right now, Drew. It's kind of like talking like uh, speeding up. Can, um, can you hear me okay? Oh, Drew will come back on in a second. So just cut Yeah, better. I can hear you. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm not, you want to take it from there?
1: Yeah, I will. Sorry about that. Um, Yeah. I'm not not too concerned with like a, with one week and I was probably talking fast. So my apologies. The, um, yeah, the immediate example that I used from last week was like Will Gordon. Will Gordon shot 81 or 82 on Saturday and then shot 67, I think on um, Thursday. Yeah, I think he shot sixty-seven or sixty-nine on. on yeah, Sunday. shot three hundred.
0: Yeah, shot sixty-nine, three hundred on Sunday. One of the best rounds of the day after right. four on on Saturday. So yeah, so a name that pops up there on on that you know greens and regulation weighted percentage.
1: Yeah, so like from from a weighted green and regulation number. So the way we do it, it's it's obviously weighted. So it's you know if you play Pebble Beach and you're beating the field, which is at a low percentage, you know you hit sixty percent of greens and you're beating the field. Um, or you go to, I'll just use Kapalua because it's always easy. You yep. hit, you know, 80% of the greens, you might be under the field. Ironically. Yeah, that's a great point. So, I think it's really important there. So, yeah. weighted is very, very key in that regard. And that's why I love, you know, people used to joke about, you know, the traditional stats, but when you weight them, they make a lot more sense. Obviously, right, just yeah. traditionally, it doesn't make sense. But when you start weighing them, um, and I will point out to our weighting driving accuracy, and I, I don't know if I've talked to you about this specifically. Um, but just to remind people at home that use the FGV model, the weighting driving accuracy is the exact same um concept in terms of if you know a hole is, you know, Pebble Beach, they're hitting a 260 off the tee it's weighted driving accuracy for each of those holes, um, cumulative for the course. Um, so in other words, again, Kapalua, you could hit 80% of fairways and you're underneath the field and you go to um but it's a very driver heavy golf course. You go to Pebble beach and it's a very iron heavy golf course. Uh, You're, you're comparing apples to apples. So all those weighted driving accuracy numbers are actually per hole cumulative for the course, which is a really nice feature. And I think that's going to be a really important stat this week. We've heard people joke about driving accuracy being important, but they're not hitting a lot of drivers. So you can't really compare John Rahm's accuracy with his driver last weekend to this week, because he's not going to hit it, but maybe five or six times. So, well, let just,
0: yeah, let me just say one thing before we get off that. Uh, if you're looking at the FGV mix model and you are sorting with the driving accuracy, just make sure you look at uh, the sample size. Like, so for Jerry Kelly he's number one, but he's only played in two rounds at the Sony Open at, at YLI. And he, I think he might have hit every fairway that week. So, it gives him a 26% uh, and gives him the top rating in that category. Just understand you can take him out if you want to, to to get rid of that weighting. But some other names that I think are important there. Colin Morikawa, Russell Henley, Aaron Rye. We made the Morikawa's cut last week. Didn't look great. So do you want to go back to him here? Struggles in the wind, and we had wind last week. So. <laughs> I know. I didn't listen
1: to you, and I played him in one of them. That, that didn't hurt. Or that didn't work out very well. So, um, Luckily, I can't play him in one of them this week. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in the wind narrative going forward. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Couple of other names, maybe that uh, I want to discuss uh, both in the driving accuracy one and some plays this week. Maybe some cheaper plays. Uh, Justin Saw continues to perform well at in the Florida swing. Certainly seems like he's more comfortable on Bermuda putting, but just finding a groove on the PGA Tour. And he is. He's uh, hitting about eight percent more fairways, and he's got a nice combination of hitting about six percent more green. So nice combo there for a guy that's sixty six hundred.
1: Yeah. And again, I'll just use an example, like using the FGB model. It's really nice. If you, when you download it to Excel, you can just start sorting things like above average and you can condense your player pool pretty quickly. Obviously you can expand it after that, but i like, talk about like the way to driving distance, straight track accuracy, greens and regulation. You can just start filtering above average, you can throw an approach and stuff like that too. And you can start getting down to a really small, you know, condensed player pool that you want to focus on. Like just by doing that with T to green,
0: Absolutely. I am
1: at, I'm at like 22, 22 players. So it's very handy on a week like this. Cause I, I do think to your point, I like the uh, traditional stats, way to green regulations, huge. Um, and again, and that also incorporates all the different yardages. So yeah. like this week, like you said, I think the, the approach distances are spread out quite a bit. The super proc shows us it's like a quarter of a shot for quarter, 25% of shots are from you know 125 to 150 quarter percent 25 percent are from 150 to 175 and then the same for 175 to 200 so it's really spread out from 100 yeah. yards to 200 yards um yeah. and that weighted right. green regulation just weighs every single course no matter the distances how often they're hitting greens and that's really important this
0: week for sure uh great points there all right let's talk about uh, some other specific plays here uh that i kind of highlighted uh First, we can kind of talk about the mid-range guys that uh, from the betting side and DFS side that I'm interested in that I want to throw at you, and then we'll talk about a couple of cores, uh, and then we'll get on out of here. We like to try and keep this under 30 minutes, and for the players, uh, got a lot going on. So of course, uh, we want to give you the much time. So a couple of guys in the mid-range, Sahih Gala. he continues to perform well. I cannot bet against this guy right now. He may end up being a top 30 player in the world, maybe top 25. Honestly, Drew, I'm really impressed with with his game. Corey Connors faded a little bit over the weekend, but it seems like his game is coming around. You already mentioned Ricky Fowler. Keith Mitchell, I'm standing behind as well. And then Keegan Bradley, I never get right. So there's five names in that mid-7K range, all that I like, all that I also like their betting numbers from uh, top five all the way through top 40. So who do you like there and who do you dislike? If I can rename them to need me
1: No, I'm pretty much there with you on, on all of them. I think they all have good history. Um, and good history here is more like upside. And I, I think I've talked yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, that that's before. a good point. Top 10 yeah. upside.
0: Yeah. They yeah, all exactly. have
1: miscots. Everybody has miscuts. Exactly. There's no such thing as good history in terms of like, yeah, he always finishes top 20 mm-hmm. or top 10 here. Yep. Um, there's gonna be scars. So yeah, Keegan Bradley obviously playing well, Ricky Fowler coming into form, Brian Harmon hurt me a lot last week. He really hurt me. I'm brokenhearted over it. Um, but this seems like a better course <laughs> for him this week. So we'll see if I end up going there. Um, Corey Connors is just so cheap. And, and when you talk about a ball striking golf course, you know, if the winning score is going to be, you know, low teens, that's a golf course you can get to um, get to that type of scoring. Keith Mitchell plays really well, plays well in Bermuda. So I'm good there. Um, and you didn't really mention Hoagie. Hoagie started off so hot and I was looking at him last week and I think he started off the week good. I don't know where he finished, but I might start going back to Hoagie as his price starts to drop because his yeah. irons were so good through the beginning of that West coast swing. People jump off of them and his price decreases. And it might be a good opportunity on a course like this where driving's not, you know, it, driving's very important, but like the traditional driving stats of off the tee, you know, doesn't really correlate as well here as it does on all the other courses. So I do like that opportunity for grabbing a low-owned Tom Hoagie, too.
0: Me, too. Uh, let's go up into the, let's say, 9 and 8K range. Justin Thomas showed a nice little comeback. He had a bad start on Thursday morning, played well in the conditions on, on Friday, the toughest of the conditions. Got it to 6 under at one point on Saturday, and this then just kind of fell apart a little bit. But I believe his game is trending. I, I, I actually think... He may even pick up a win in the next two weeks. He's scheduled to play Valspar yeah. next week. He's played very good there. So, uh, honestly, I'm a buyer uh, of Thomas so for the next two weeks at, at the very minimum. At 9400 this week, I think it's a great price. Victor Hovland, if he doesn't throw the ball into the bunker and then take seven shots to get out of it, I mean huh. he could have won that tournament last week. So, I think he's a great price. And... Cam Young is another one that fits into this category. And then the guy that I was kind of getting exasperated about is Tom Kim, because I don't know when to jump off, but his price is really reasonable. And on a course that's only 7,200 yards, this guy's going to hit more fairways and more greens than most people. So I have a hard time getting off of him.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I think this is one of the golf courts that does set up well for him. Um, I saw back and forth with Pat Mayo last week. and I do think he's one of the shorter, shorter hitters on tour for sure. Is. um i mean maybe maybe it's really shrunken as far as gaps but it's still like on the lower end so i think this course would fit him better yeah. um i think fitzpatrick's really interesting he was nursing like a neck injury yeah his price is still in the 8ks um right? and yeah. he had a t9 here a couple years ago so i think fitzpatrick this sets up well for him statistically speaking he has some bad rounds in there so he's not gonna pop so maybe that's an advantage uh i know he's right there by your boy Spieth. But uh, I think there's just a lot of value. And, and when these stronger fields like this, kind of like the majors, it makes it really tough to pay up for a Mac and ROM without, you know, you could get a ton of win equity. Finao, Sun JM, Hovland, Zalator, Speed, just getting a ton of mid range guys. Um, and it really rounds out your lineup. So we've seen a lot of millimakers won that way, where they didn't have a single 10K player. They had a couple, maybe one or two nines, and then they just really balanced it out.
0: Yep. Uh, I'm going to give you the names uh, below Thomas to the 8K range. Any that you don't like here. Any that you're going to be fading. So, Tony Finau, Sun J.M., Willie Z., Matsuyama, Hatton, Lowry, Tommy. Uh, we talked about Tommy Kim. So, uh, that kind of covers it. J. Day. Again, all these guys are playing decent. Uh, this is a tough one for me. I, yeah. I, but my ownership is relatively spread because I think pricing is actually really fair this week. It probably means that I have lower ownership on Rom Mathelroy, Scheffler, and Shoffley, to be completely honest with you.
1: That's fair. I think it's really tough for me to X anybody here indefinitely. I guess Matsuyama would probably be my least favorite. Okay. Cameron Young, I don't know if we've – has he had any history here? Let me see. Uh, probably yeah, a- one miscut. Yeah, so, yeah, like, probably. he would be on the lower end just because I don't think distance is a huge advantage for him. Yeah. I think Shane Lowry is really interesting. If we look back at last week, he lost, like, five strokes approaching on a single round. He shot 80 on Sunday – or on Saturday. <laughs> I just love him on this type of golf
0: course. Yeah, so um, at 17 last year, was it? That was a sight. That was yeah, a-
1: so I just but- – I mean, he has a T13 last year. He was obviously in the good wave, I think. I just presume that. And yeah. eighth place the year before. So, I just – I'd really like him to come back after last week. I mean, losing five strokes in one round on approach, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I think he hit one out of bounds on a par five. I think he might have hit another shot out of bounds. So, yeah,
0: bounce back for Shane Lowry this week. I'll call that one. All right. $2,200 maker and a $25 milli maker on DraftKings. Uh, in the $25, we're probably not nixing any guys above 8K. But in the twenty two hundred dollar, let's just say that we're gonna have one lineup this week. Who are you starting that lineup with uh first two guys?
1: Over 9K? Anyone just
0: the first two clicks you're putting in your lineup,
1: yep. Probably gonna be Connors. I think he's he's plenty cheap enough. Um yep, seventy four hundred.
0: Now chalky yeah. ish. But
1: that's fine. That's fine. We've talked about yep. that before. Yep. Yeah, mean be, you could play some chalk as long as you get a lower owned guy elsewhere um i don't know i probably uh probably say sung J. I i think at 9k sung J' would probably be my preference over jt at a little bit higher price or fee now
0: okay yeah i think for me first two clicks are hovland tom kim uh i think that i think hovland's been trending now let let me just check (coughs) some
1: well yeah uh
0: the, his Saturday, his Sunday round was the first round he shot over par since like, I mean, I got to go back so far to find a, a round under par. It's unbelievable. Essentially tournament Champions shot 72, but that's one under actually that the uh, par in there is 73. So yeah, it was his first time all year shooting above par in a PGA tour event. That's, that's too consistent for me to pass up at 8,900.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, he had, I don't know if it was again, last, last year was kind of weird, but, um, we, we know they're going to be scrambling a bit here and I just yeah. don't know about his short game he's holding running. up. Yeah. That's the only reason I wouldn't start him. I yep. love his game. I think he's cheap. Um, he's extremely talented. He's played well. Of courses similar to this like Pebble beach, obviously, yep. but um, that's the only hesitation I have would be starting him because of that. You know, if it just goes a little bit South, like we saw last week on Sunday, he's, he's going to struggle a little bit, or at least maybe not keep pace. So, yep. I still like him, but that wouldn't that's the reason I have hesitation.
0: All right. So yours looks like some Jay Connors. We're gonna pick four guys each. That's what we're allowed to do. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, I'm going with Hovland and Kim. My third day is gonna be Figal. I think that he fits what I'm trying to do in this build. I'm not really trying to get many guys below seventy five hundred. I think he's playing so good and, and I'm comfortable going mm-hmm. back to him. So uh, how about you? Where are you where are you heading with this third one? Jason Day. Got day. Jason Day.
1: Yeah. yeah. There's a little bit of that, you know, when's it gonna fall out? But um last week, so been, it, last week would have been good. Last week would have been the week it fell out and it didn't. So yep. AK Jason Day for me. Yep.
0: For me, I'm going to the same kind of thing to Ricky Fowler. It's five hundred dollars cheaper. I, I want to back Fowler uh as a comeback story. He's trending in the right direction in the OWGR. If he has another couple of good starts, we can see him at Augusta. And I think everybody wants to see him at Augusta again. So Uh, I got Ricky 7,500. That leaves me seventeen nine left. I could go all the way up and get one of those 10K guys. Likely, I'm probably going to fall in the Cantlay-Thomas range there uh, for my next guy and go into the low eights. Maybe even a Jason Day or a Shane Lowry uh, mixed in there. So, um, I think uh, that should give most everybody some pretty good indications of where we're going and guys that we like this week. But let's just turn our attention uh, uh, as we do as we get on out of here to pick the winners. But before we do, let's give a couple of bets that you like from a value perspective. One for me that stuck out was Colin Morikawa trending toward the thirty to one. He's when he's won, he's hit at that number or around it. So my question to you is: Should we blindly bet him? Uh, we do think he can make a comeback here this week, right?
1: Yeah. At Thirty to one though it still doesn't speak to me. Maybe I'm just hurt from last week.
0: Yeah, there's just yeah, I, I mean are.
1: there's still names that are higher than him that I that I don't mind going to. But yeah, I mean, I just I just wish I would have saw a little bit more last week. So
0: yeah, I agree. I'm there with you. It was yeah, it just didn't look good all the way around. He had it. had a real chance to get to the cut too, and it just didn't make. It and it's a point.
1: short drive to, to Sawgrass, so it's not like there's we're going back to the West
0: Coast or something I can wrap my head around. So yep. We'll see. Uh, so yeah. Any values that you do like, didn't like Morikawa at 20, 28 or 31. I kind of agree with you. Uh, values you do like though.
1: Um, to be honest, Hideki keeps dropping. <laughs> yeah. Know, almost a hundred to one. <sighs> I, I would, I would be remiss if I didn't suggest uh, grabbing Hideki before he gets a win out of nowhere. Oh, man, It just, it just, I mean, any of these guys can pop on any given week and, He's he's dropped way further than he deserves to have, in my opinion. So, I think Hideki's the guy that stands out the most to me,
0: in terms of value perspective. Of value, right? yeah,
1: from an outright perspective, because he has as much win equity as anyone. He might not be playing as well as anyone, but he can turn it around.
0: Yep, for sure. All right. Well, last week my pick to win was Colin Morikawa, and he ended up missing the cut. So I go from winning the picking the winner to picking a guy that missed the cut. Lovely. <laughs> Uh, So I'll go first this week. I am going to take Victor Hovland. I've talked about him a couple of times. I think he hits enough greens where we get rid of the around the green problems. I think he holds on on Sunday. I think he goes into Sunday with like a three-shot lead, something like that. And uh, it comes down to 18 as he coughs it up throughout the round. Kind of like you said, but I got him holding on for it. So Victor Hovland is my pick to win the 2023 Players' Championship. Drew, what say you?
1: So I'm going to go with Homa. I think Homa got some reps in on Bermuda. I, I like Homa's chances this week. It, it sounds like Vegas does too. So,
0: Oh, my God. I, I got to be honest. If if I try to emulate any swing when I go to play, it is Homa right now. I love that little –
1: Tempo is great.
0: The tempo is just so pure to watch. I absolutely love it. So, All right. The uh, fantasy golf world is just booming right now. DraftKings came out with the Rainmakers game. I've had a ton of fun with that over the first couple of days, and I'm going to be hooking all of you up with some amazing content coming out that I am surely going to help people turn a profit in that game. Also, maybe if you're new to the game, I've got some content coming out to help you. If you're brand new, want to learn about it, want to see why I'm so excited about it, we will have all that for you on Fantasy Golf Bank coming up. Of course, also don't forget, there's also Best Ball as well, 100K for First place to the majors only over on Underdog. If you haven't signed up over on Underdog, do so now. Use promo code GOLFBAG and get up $200 on your first deposit uh, match. So really great time to be a uh, Fantasy Golf fan. And, of course, join us on Fantasy Golf Bag. If you haven't already, we do a ton of free content. We have free accounts. And, of course, we have our – Premium accounts that start at $4.99 a week. So until next week, everybody, it is our home event. Well, yeah, true. you're pretty darn close to it, so I'll say that. It is in uh, my family's backyard. It is the Valspar Championship. So until then, everybody, good luck. Somebody take down the Millionaire Maker this week, and we will see you on the other side. Cheers.